Hey, you out there, this is Andy. I just wanted to tell you personally, from my heart to yours, thank you for listening, and welcome to the Broken Campfire Podcast. Now, I'm opening my heart up to everybody else in the room, of which there are three others. John, Flask, and Greg. We have Vito back in his classic Italy get-out-of-work routine. He does this, like, once or twice a month. Sounds really expensive, but who am I to judge? Um, yeah, He's welcome, everybody. Coughing at the bottom of the ocean right now. How's all the hosts doing today? Doing good. I feel all like, right. I'm okay. feeling good. I'm going to need a bit more energy than that. We kind of have a podcast to do. Oh, okay. Have some work to do. Wow! wow. 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 <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! All right, hell yeah. John is the winner of the energy, and so we're going to go to his roundtable first. But before that, um, I'd like to just... Sorry, I was just checking, and yes, I confirmed all the links. YouTube.com slash Broken Campfire. Twitch is at Broken Campfire for as long as Twitch lasts. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, uh, it will no longer be a thing. Twitter. Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Shit, Twitter. Yeah. God, Twitter is abrogated. They might all die. Twitch Twitch seems like it's here to stay for the meantime, and that's twitch.tv slash broken campfire. And finally, the email, brokencampfiregmail.com. So yeah, you know, like I went through last week, I think, broken campfire, and if you do all kinds of manipulations either before or after that phrase, you find all sorts of avenues to interact with us and form parasocial relationships. So please do that. We would love... To be best friends with you. You can visit my house. And now, from your future best friend, John, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? It has been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? There has. Y- yes. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> uh, mostly games. I don't think I've watched a dang thing. But, but I've been playing some games. Uh, and in no particular order, we're going to start with uh, a little game that I had no idea was coming out. This is just a little bit of serendipity. Just walked right into it. This is Shadows Over Loathing. Um, Number one. It is a adventure RPG um, made by, uh, I think, three or four years ago, uh, West of Loathing. And then before that, uh, it's a web-based game that's been going on since... Right, like the early to Long mid two thousand, somewhere around there, Kingdom of Loathing. Yeah. Um all like the kinda obviously different um you know, games, but all in the same style, uh, you know, and just kinda like stick figure drawn uh low graphics kinda but in but in a good way, in a way that works, um, RPG. Uh where the big selling point is is the writing. Um just tons of stuff to to, to read, I guess. Uh, and I'm not explaining it very well, but it's a good RPG. Let me tell you, if you if you know anything about the series, it is up to par with anything else they've done, um, or maybe even better in in some regards. So, have any of you played any of the previous games? I dabbled in uh, Kingdom of Loathing for a little bit back in the day. Yeah, same. 
the, yeah, I never I got think, crazy into it either because you know we were kids when that when that was. Uh, actually, it's still going. You guys, you can still play it now, but yeah. you know, early two thousands, just a kid. But I, I did mess around with it. I have very vague memories of me and Flask talking about and maybe even interacting with each other on Kingdom of Loving Online. Uh, that was that was about my extent of it. And wasn't that one of those that you could do a certain number of actions per day or something like that? Yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah. Which we were we were playing other games like that, so it kind of fit well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't want you taking up their bandwidth all day, you know? They want you to yeah. go in, do your stuff, and get out. Go in, do your work, go home. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like, uh, I, I was going to say, I I didn't really, I haven't really kept them, kept up to date with the Loathing verse. And so I wasn't really clear on, like, what West of Loathing was. It So it's like an independent game that was released as a game. It's not like a web-based thing. No, no, it's a single player. Just, uh, I mean, just think of the web game if they if they made it single player. Right. I mean, it's just like an RPG. You know, you start and you have these silly classes. You know, and in Shadow of Loathing, I was like uh, a a jazzercist or something. I don't know. They they put silly names out. Like in Kingdom of Loathing, for example, you can be a pasta mancer, or a, of course, a, a whale clubber. I think it was or a seal clubber. That's like the, the oh, color right. barbarian class. Like they all have silly names. Uh. Yeah, this is the same thing. It's just in a single player form. You know, you're still going all over like these maps and fighting these kind of funny creatures, and uh, and you know, most of the the enjoyment of the game comes from uh, the text interactions and stuff. Yeah, the comedy of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a funny game. It's a funny game. Currently sitting at ninety six percent on Steam. Uh, Ooh. Ooh, I think that's 11. just below. The threshold that I would buy a game, but it sounds pretty right. Good. right. <laughs> yeah. Breakers says different, but all right. All right, fair uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Shadow of the Loathing. I'm, I'm enjoying it, right? Oh, I mean, I beat it, but I do actually plan on doing a second playthrough uh, after I clear out some of these other games we've been getting cool. on. Um, so, just because there is so much content and in different dialogue, you know, depending on what choices you make. Sorry, you said that this, the, like, the genre of the setting is what. So West of Loathing was like a, obviously like a Western game, mm-hmm. and this is uh, I, I I mean they're going for like a Lovecraftian thing, obviously. It's Hence like, Shadow of Rinsmith uh, reference. Yeah, yeah, and you see like tentacles and thing, it's sort of like that. You're still back in time, but it's obviously past the the Western times. I think it's like early early 1900s. 1900s. Okay. Um. Yeah, I give. I mean, I I give it two thumbs up. I mean, you don't have to play this or West Loathing in any order, but I, I highly recommend them both if you're if you're interested in this at all. All right, cool. Um, when did West of Loathing come out? How new is this? West of Loathing came out. I want to say like four years ago. Uh, this is Shadow was over Loathing, and that came out the eleventh. If one were to play Shadow of Loathing first, then go back to West of Loathing. Are they going to feel like they're downgrading in gameplay systems or any other meaningful way? No, no, I'd say it's pretty pretty similar. Like I said, mostly you're playing for the writing. I mean, the RPG, and you know, it's, uh, I probably could have picked a higher difficulty. I think I probably just picked normal, but like the, the battle aspects, the RPG elements, uh, by like midboy part of the game, midway to end game were were trivial. I mean, it wasn't like I I did not I I beat the the end boss in in one turn, 
Uh, no, I did extend my turn quite a bit through items, but it was still one turn. <laughs> uh, I could have bumped that, that up. Well, no, I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that good. I think it was just a very. But that, like I said, that's not what the game is going for. Like, don't right. get it if you want like a hardcore like min max your gear and your items and stuff experience. Like that is in the game. There is like stats and stuff. And, you know, you can get creative and, and make builds, but it's mostly about the writing. It's a game that looks uh, like someone drew it on a napkin. So yeah, you know, exactly. Set expectations accordingly <laughs> for what type of game it is. Yeah. So uh, shadows over loathing, totally good. Uh, West of loathing. looks like I last played in 2017. So I'm guessing it came out that year. So it's actually a little bit longer than I thought. Um, well, yeah, well, again, I, I mean, I had absolutely zero idea this game was coming out until I seen it pop up on the store page. And it was, uh, like I said, it was thick. They should do that with more games. They should, they just, should just release them. Come out with them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, we're going to talk about a game that did that later. Moving on. Um, I'm going to play more Breakers. You guys want to talk about Breakers a little bit? Yeah, there's been some talk about stuff. Sure, we could talk about Breakers. I like uh, Breakers a lot, man. I The game has, I'll be honest, the game has more staying power than I thought it would. You know, Yeah, I, I remember it, us talking about it when it first came out, and we were like, yeah, this is a good game to, like, you know, kill some, like, we'll kill, like, a month, like, a couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, well, and, I mean, just, like, I, I don't, I, I say it all the time. I don't get how Dead by Daylight is as popular as it is. I don't find it very fun to play. And while this game is obviously has huge differences, essentially you're, you're starting the generators and then you're, you're a little different. You're getting a thing in the middle now. I mean, it's like a Dead by Daylight game. Um, we've put a lot of time. I have 41 hours in it uh, so far. Yeah, you played it more than I, I did. have. I've got 60 32. hours. I think, yeah, I think, I think Greg has the most. Um, and yeah, I'm digging it. They had a patch recently, which people are not exactly happy about. But I mean... I don't think it, I noticed it, I definitely noticed it, but I didn't think it was, like, game-ruining or anything. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I was I was playing uh, a little bit earlier today, and uh, I, that was re me really noticing it, was, uh, like, Frieza, for example, he already has long range, and they buff the range on, like, their blasters and whatnot, and he is just blasting people from across the, uh, like, from just a crazy distance. It was pretty nuts. Yeah. And to be fair, when we play, you know, we usually do have at least a group of three or four, so yeah, probably do just because of that have a better experience Swipe. than the average person hopping in. And, and I kind of like they actually giving out more info than most devs do about this. I don't know if you guys have actually looked in depth at the patch notes, but they're posting charts and shit. Um, and the main thing that their their whole point is they these changes make the raider. It makes it easier for him to win uh, in fuck here sorry i'm trying to get this chart i mean i get it for that podcasters but and it's a good point but they they said that they've noticed uh the raider is winning less and less um as time as we uh get further and further from launch kind of implying that people are getting better at the game they maybe need to be making live changes which i totally get i mean yeah people are we're getting the strats down you know, you don't I don't know. You just, yeah, you just know what to do. You're better at the game. Um, and I, for, to be honest, I think most of the changes are fine. I don't mind the longer startup time on the, the small time machines. Um, I've seen that the Raider has to have less time destroying the super time machine. Yeah, it's fine. 
I think the beam is the only thing I'm like, ah, it's a little too much. Um, but whatever. They're, I mean, they, they've already had how many patches to the game, and it came out, like, last month. Like, it doesn't seem like they're going to leave it alone forever, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's going to get fixed eventually. I'm down for it. Uh, one thing I would like personally, I think we talked about it, is I really would like the Raider to have, like, a pool, like an energy pool, where he, uh, with his shooting, with with his ranged uh, blast, key blast, yeah, it you should be, be able nice to just, they can kind of just key spam. They, they can be yeah, because that's like a main thing. Is they always it's a, I don't know. I feel you. Um, yeah, we're still playing it. It's been over a month. Uh, new characters, I think, or new uh, spheres come out next week. I believe. Yeah, I think uh, what separates it from a Dead by Daylight or something like that for me is that. Um, and Friday the 13th had this a little bit as well, but I'm not doing the same thing every match at all. Like, it, it, it really it really just depends. You know what I mean? Sometimes like, you're fighting the guy. Sometimes you're going around. Sometimes you get yeah. a power key radar, right? Sometimes yeah, exactly. you get a sometimes you get a Dragon Ball radar. Sometimes you don't get any radars. You, you're you just level trying up to be like level three really quick. Sometimes a couple of your boys get fucked immediately, and you're you know half your game becomes keeping people alive. You know it. And the maps are huge, so it kind of, like, plays into that. Plus, it's just kind of, like, stupid, dumb fun. Like, a game, for me, has, like, a certain level of jank that I think works well for, like, you know, goofing around with the boys and yelling out anime shit while we're playing together. You know what I mean? I agree. I think some of our friends uh, get too upset at the game. <laughs> uh, I've never I been upset by that. losing, like, ever. I've, like... Uh... I and, I feel and like... I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm better than people because like I de- trust me when I'm playing a game and we lose sometimes like Deep Rock hurts hard but like this game has never really bugged me when we lost. No, I don't give a shit. I was gonna yeah I I'm, I also really don't care. I feel I was gonna say I feel like the only two people who really should get upset are me and John because we're the only two that play Raiders and, and we get by our friends. we get literally cyberbullied. <laughs> yeah. That's why we won the two times we were raided. Yeah. Fucking up yeah. Game, we didn't even thank feel God. It. Um. Oh, the only time, and I'm still don't get upset. But the only time I'm like, all right, this is just stupid. When you you see somebody like uh, like helping the raider, like they join together and they're like, hey, we're gonna be buds. Like, what, what, what are you playing for? Like, why? Yeah, that's really annoying. From an outsider's perspective, it seems like this uh, among the games that are um, asymmetrical multiplayer teaming up to defeat a you know one a solo player. It seems like this one gives a lot of fun opportunity for cooperation on the the team that you guys are all on together. Like it, it feels like you guys are really having a great time, constantly moving, constantly doing something. Uh, each of you individually and as a team. That's my. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, you dude. Guys I go on about. I love it. This game is pretty, pretty gosh dang great. Uh, yeah, and like I said, it's all just like asset flips from uh, Xenoverse Two. So I believe they're gonna have content for plenty of years to come. And I mean, they're still, they're still like within the last month coming out with stuff for Xenoverse Two. So as long as the game, I mean, makes some money, they're gonna keep coming out with stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's Dragon Ball The Breakers. You've broken it uh, down. Yeah, fun game. Uh, yeah. One of those games that somebody says Breakers, and if I'm around, I'm always down. For sure. Um, then we played, I, I say we, 
because uh, there's a few of us in here. Some of us have some varying opinions. I know Vito really dug this one a lot. Uh, we played the Dark Tide Early Access Beta, I guess it's called. The game's, I think it comes out like the 30th. Yeah. Uh, but if you pre-ordered it, yeah. you can uh, get in the beta. We've played that for, for, for a while. And I'm I'm mostly positive about it. I mean, uh, it's... Uh, I, I personally have not had, like, connection issues or um, graphical issues or anything. But a lot of people have, so obviously you got to recognize that. Like, it's not the smoothest... Um, launch I guess but it apparently hasn't launched yet but as far as just gameplay I'm digging it uh, I think it's uh, an extension of Vermintide 2 except for uh, I feel like the classes are more varied you know not that there wasn't total variation in, in Vermintide 2 you know between the classes but I don't know they still felt pretty samey to me you know you're still the swings still felt the same but in this one you know, playing uh, like the the ogre and the guy play, and then going back and playing the sharpshooter, I really do feel like I'm playing like a separate game. Hmm. Uh, what, what do you guys think? That's a good feeling. Andy, would you like to go first? Yeah. I mean, uh, so I feel important context is that I had did not play Vermintide two uh, at all, really. Uh, so, um, a lot of this is new for me. But you know, we played Back for Blood, and we played other horrid based left for dead left for deadian games i think this is probably the best one i've played in a while um it hits all the keynotes for me enemy reactivity uh fun missions long missions uh the atmosphere and world building in this game is just great really digging the music and the visuals and the levels themselves are really cool um if anything like i'm gonna say probably my biggest and i'm not even saying it's a negative for me yet but potential problem i could see takes a while to get points and shit in this game. And that wind-up, I think, is going to really disincentivize switching around between classes. Whenever you yeah. start your second class, I think it's going to be a pain in the ass to get anywhere with it for a while. You know what I mean? Because like, by the time you finish your first class, presumably you're playing Hazard 5 missions, you know? Are you really going to want to like go back and play 12 hours on Hazard 1 and 2 to get leveled up on a new character? You know what I mean? Um, sure. But yeah, no, I'm really digging it. Uh, I I hope I I could see the the performance thing. I think saying sinking it is a bit dramatic, but maybe uh, being a huge problem for the game on launch. You know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah, well, we had one friend who just couldn't get the game to turn on, and so he refunded it. Yeah. Wow. Greg would have refunded it if he was still within the window. Oh, I would like to update that. Uh, so I did a uh. I played the game. I like Warhammer 40k. I like it a lot. I have uh, some some miniatures of them. Uh this game looked uh looks nice. Uh does not run well on my computer. Uh I tried to like run it I I had to run it at 1080p and uh it still ran like awful shit. Uh so I had like 4 hours in it and I requested a refund and they gave it to me cuz the game did not run well. So, nice. Wait, this is but, the, this is the direct follow up to Vermintide Two from the same developers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the same. Did yeah, Vermintide Two have problems like this at launch? I did not. I had no problems with Vermintide Two, which uh, is a, which is crazy. I think it did have a rocky launch, if I remember correctly. 
I mean, I don't think I had any problems. But if I do remember, I I think, I think it did. Hmm. Um. And the, uh. So yeah, whatever. I said I said some good things. I guess I'll say some bad things real quick. Um. And this is the pre-order beta, so I don't know how much of this is going to change. But uh, I think currently what there's only four maps. And yeah. A plan seven game up. modes. Um. There are more getting added when the full game comes out. I do know that. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. And I mean, I know that you know they've supported Vermintide too for you know four years after it came out. So I'm not worried about like uh, you know stuff coming down the pipeline. But to launch, uh, I guess I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, That's but on paper, and you're gonna have to help me out. That feels like about what Deep Rock launched with, right? I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you because I also agree that it feels a little light. But I'm trying to rationalize it. I'm trying yeah, to but Deep what... Rock launched in. What do you mean launched? Like from early access or just like when it came in early access? I'm saying one point Just for just for apples to apples. Yeah, but I guess the difference is the maps in Deep Rock are procedurally generated, so it's Fair, always, yeah. like variation. Yeah, that's and this is like, I've memorized at least one of those already. Like I can pretty much do a blindfolded now. Uh, yeah, the, I, yeah, the mission t- and the mission types aren't as varied as like I don't know, deep rocks. I don't think it's like, and I know you're wrong. I'm not like totally shit on them. They're fine, fine game modes. But like one of them's you know go here and destroy the poxes, and the other one's like go here and scan stuff. Like either way, you're still running around. Yeah, that's fair. Fun. But I mean, they're still. I don't know. I'm being a little harsh, but I don't know. I'm worried about the maps more than the game modes. I guess. Especially given, like I said, you're going to have to be doing a lot of grinding, right? And each yeah, exactly, mission is exactly. like 25, 30 minutes, which I'm fine with on principle, but the idea of doing that over and over on the same maps, it, it, it is a little daunting. Well, yeah, I mean, to put it in perspective, we've I'm level 10, 10 or, no, 11. Uh, let's see, I've got 10 hours in, I'm level 11. You can get a character to level 30, that's when you get their last ability. Um. I mean, yeah, it's gonna, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm assuming levels take longer to get as you level up. Yeah, it's gonna take like you know, twenty, twenty five, thirty hours to, to get a character to max level. I'm, I'm gonna want more than like four levels. I'm gonna get a little bored. Uh, but overall, I got a positive attitude about it. I don't regret buying it. I think it's solid. I will say though, I think it's cool since you didn't play Vermintide too. Everything's like super new. A lot of the things you can see, like, oh, that's, like, like, my guy's ability, the Ogren, uh, pressing F, you know, I charge forward, that's just uh, a knight's guy ability in, in Vermintide 2. Like, it's exactly, just runs forward. Does, like, a charge and says something. And, like, so, like, some of the stuff, you just, like, all right, they just copy that over uh, and put, like, a new like, 40K code on it. Hmm. But it still works, and it's still cool. I mean, that's, like, half the reason you're there is for, like, the, the 40K vibe. Um. So, so thumbs up so far. Even though I, I feel like some of that sounded pretty negative. Yeah, Vito seems yes. to think that the the levels weren't really. They had cool aesthetics, but kind of were kind of like not memorable or, or a little bit. Bland. Yeah, to be fair, Vito knows Vito's absolutely Vito's zero about the forty k universe, <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't dude. understand that the worlds are supposed to look like. Well, I don't think they look bland and blending overall, but they were supposed to look like gray and they dark. They look like as what they they're do. supposed like, to look like. That's well, so accurate. Surely you shouldn't 
need to be a pre-existing fan to enjoy the aesthetics of levels. Well, I, I agree, no. but I mean, I also think he's wrong. I don't think they look bland okay, overall, okay. <laughs> but it, I mean, it does make more sense that you are in like this kind of gray metal space. Like, I mean, you know, if they started adding like, oh, here's some fucking crazy colors here. Like that's, that's just not how the universe is. Like, well, there was that one game, ships, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, there was that I one game maps, that was like a single player 40 K game a few years back, uh, where you played like Base a Marine. No, there was that, but, uh, it was set on like a ship and, uh, you were like a you had a dog. <laughs> you could stick a dog on people. You're like a hunter, bounty hunter type. Uh, okay, yeah, there was I'm a single sure player was game. Uh, it kind of went flew under the radar a little bit, but it definitely appealed to 40k fans, I think, to some extent. But I've seen the levels from that game, and that had some crazy ass environmental design and like some I mean, really wrong. this cool game does. Stuff. It's just okay. not very colorful. I mean, there's this okay, huge so gothic and the you know, it's all just kind of gothic cathedral looking massiveness mixed with. You, know, you don't want like a tech. nice, vibrant uh, medieval city of Vermintide. Like, oh, you know, sure. I, I, uh, we'll wait till next week so I can we scream just rip it apart as I can <laughs> for as long as I can. Oh, the movement wasn't any different for Vermintide. I I don't know where he's getting this from. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to discount Vito's opinion, uh, but I. I did not feel before or after he noted that, that the game's movement was slow. And but I played Vermintide last week, or Vermintide 2. We played when the new DLC came out. And so did he, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, he waited for a little bit. But, you know, that's uh, the way you felt. And you can't change that. Hey, we'll scream at him next week for it. Uh, you yeah. can always just kill him. Well, we might do that. It depends how the screaming goes. Okay. All right, so that is... We talk, uh, we talk about Breakers, we talk about Shadows of Living, we talk about... Uh, oh, of course, of course, of course, the game of the hour, the game of the year, some might say. <laughs> I've been playing God of War. Uh, Ragnarok, specifically. Oh, that's that new one. That's a new one. I give it, so far, two thumbs up. Both? Both of them. Wow. I was oh, waiting I. for questions or expressions or anything. Sorry, I was just I was looking up uh what that game was called. It was called Necromunda Hired Gun from last year. Oh, Necromunda. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that actually got terrible uh reception at first. <laughs> and then I think then they got... like I think they rehauled it completely because oh. it, okay, so that game was supposed to be basically like a you know, like in Mordheim I was talking about. Basically like a forty K Mordheim. Like, you know, kind of like a tabletop. It is a tabletop game. That's what Necromunda is. Okay. Uh, and I guess when it came out, it did not work well. And yeah, they changed it into like a more action-y, shooter-y type. That's what okay. I actually I asked that when we were in uh, the Discord and we were talking about um, Mordheim Mission. I asked if they ever fixed Necromunda. Uh, I hope they did. I, I, I don't know if it's on sale, I'll look at it. It's got mostly positive all reviews. All right, sorry. I'm well, then that, that may, or, played. It may not be the one that I was thinking of that people liked the setting of, but there was one that people liked the setting of. The, the environment. It seemed like they design. changed the name of it because originally when I when it came out, it was called Necromunda. Now it's Necromunda Hired Gun. I wonder if they like. <laughs> re, I gotta. I want to look up this game's history when we're done. Sorry, John. Weird. So, and, All right, we're good. I played God of War Ragnarok. Two thumbs up. Playing it on the PS5. Enjoying it a lot. For uh, I think it's good. How many did you give thumbs? I mean, did you give God of War? Uh, well, I'm limited by the fact I only have two thumbs. 
but I, I did give it <laughs> right. Okay, okay. I did give it two thumbs as well, and I believe I said it was probably no. I think it was what year did that come out? 2018. Yeah. But wait, I'm almost positive it was like my game of the year that year. Uh, well, it is called G O W so Game of Weird. Oh, G O W. I wouldn't even go so far as saying I was in a rut, I think, when that came. I was like, dude, video games suck. And then I played it, and I was like, dude, video games are pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so I was very excited for this one. And, yeah, I mean, it's living up to my expectations. It's more or less, I think, I, I don't remember what I was listening to as a reviewer or somebody, I don't know, somebody talking about the game. And they kind of compared it to uh, Doom, to Doom Eternal, uh, you know, more or less the same game. You're doing the same thing, but just kind of upgraded in every category. You know what I mean? Uh, just like a little bit more. And and yeah, I think it applies to this. Uh, what uh, what giant scandal is gonna come from uh, God of War? None from God of War. It's only made to be good. <laughs> well, I isn't that comparison yeah. also pretty apt? In that the other thing people said about Eternal was that it was kind of more obvious or overt in the way it uh portrayed itself or or presented itself and that seems to be what i'm getting from god of war ragnarok is that people are like making a little fun of the writing sometimes and and it how obvious it is and uh it's kind of of like uh the the whole thing about the the characters constantly telling you what to do and stuff like that yeah i gotta say you know I've, i've seen the meme and i've seen it in action in the game and it's not that bad. There, it's, more, it's 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 primarily on main quest things because obviously they you know they can't account for you in like every situation and there's tons of side quests you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know there there has been a time or two when I'm like, and it's like stupid fast. Like I'm approaching the puzzle and they're already telling me what to do. Now you could you could just say that's the character helping your character and like they didn't want you to figure out the puzzle. I mean you can make that argument I guess. But it does, it, you know, as a player, you're like, all right, I, I knew that. You didn't have to tell me. I haven't even seen it uh, yet. And that, that's their choice to make. But I, but I also understand the, I mean, let me tell you right now, I'll, I'll put the, I'm putting the gauntlet down. I don't know what other games are on the list, but I am betting, I'll bet the whole award show that this game will win uh, best accessibility or most accessible. Oh. The The number of options it has are insane to things that I never even thought like a game would have options for. And I was looking through them earlier and like, you know, obviously your typical visual audio and stuff like that, but there are even like gameplay stuff. Like yeah, if anyone had played the first game, there are these certain chests you have to open by uh, throwing your ax at like three, um, I don't know, bells. Bells? But you got to do it fast. You know what I mean? You got to hit one, hit one, hit one. You can change like how long those stay active. So if like you're just some grandpa gamer and you can't turn fast and aim at one, you can like adjust those like specifically just the setting for like those puzzles. And it like goes on wow. to different things. Like it's crazy how much you, you could could make the game easier. You can make you them wanted. super hard. Just yeah, that shit shuts off like immediately. Well, I mean everything's pretty much default off or I mean you're on like normal, but you could make the game much, much much, much easier or, or help you. So the a few times that it has, I I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I think that I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I'm further than the halfway point. I think I've put about 30 hours into it. Eh, maybe a little bit less, maybe like 25. 
Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. I don't know. I mean, I, man, I don't even know how to start. I could do my own pod. Nice. Uh, for one, yeah, I said I'm playing on the PS5. Uh, this is the first game I've played on the PS5, like, or, or even seen, I guess, in person. And it looks, I mean, absolutely amazing. Uh, maybe the best game, I don't know. Eh, I say that a lot. Maybe the best looking game I've seen. The best I game have, I've ever seen. I don't seen. have the best graphics card, so, you know, a lot of my PC games don't look the, the greatest. Uh, but this this looks amazing. Um, PS5 is cool. I know we're not doing a review of it, but uh, I like the controller. <laughs> That's good. Uh, how is, hold on, because you actually, have, how is the haptic controller feedback? Do you understand that? Is that, uh, did that revolutionize your uh Yeah, I get it now. Mind? I get it now. Uh, it's kind of cool. So the triggers, I don't know what's like in there or like what the mechanism is, but they, um, a man push him back. It's what yeah, it feels like. Yeah. And I crush him every time. <laughs> Yeah, they can provide like a a small bit of resistance. So like when you're in in God of War, you know they're doing it like hey, Kratos, go chop this tree down, and you know you'll go over there and I'll say press R two, but you know be a little bit of resistance on it so you feel like you're cutting the tree down. You know what I'm saying? You really feel uh, not just, really. It's just some I, of the I mean, stuff I you get. I kind of get it, but that also to me like sounds silly. Yeah, well, like, you're wrong. Uh, like Kurt explained it like with Call of Duty, where he's like, it feels like, you know, like I'm shooting. And I was like, I don't really get that, I guess. I kind of do. Okay, well, if, if you if you shot a gun before. Oh, uh, yes. All right. If, so, so you know, like when you pull the trigger, I mean, obviously it varies from gun to gun. But, you know, you got to put a little bit of pull on the trigger depending on the yeah. gun. So it feels the same way. Like normally on a trigger, there's no resistance. You know, you're just blah, da, 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 da. This, it makes you, it doesn't actually make you feel, I've never played Call of Duty, I don't, I'm assuming it doesn't, but you know, it gives you a little bit of resistance, so you feel like you're pulling the trigger, which gotcha. is kind of psychotic, I, I feel like I need, I need the controller to, to like I said, in it's my, not, in it's my not hand. that impressive, I mean, it's a cool feature, I, I'd rather have it than not have it, but it's not like, uh, I want you to shoot me in the head with that and uh, feel the resistance. Yeah. It'd be cool if it was in VR controllers. Oh my god. That would be cool. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I want to wait more until I've, I've beaten the game, and then maybe I'll even I'll even do my own podcast. Oh god, is I'll start that, my own God of War podcast. Yeah. Not just a single episode, I mean just start my own series of God no, of War. No, I, I knew exactly what you meant. Okay, I, okay. I guess, yeah. We'll have to support you. Uh, until then, yeah, though. Dude, dude. That's it. I'm gonna say, uh, if you wanted to do a pod, I totally would support that, and I would be happy to sit in, you know, and support, and possibly spoil you. Yeah, I'll do that next year with you. Uh, when it comes to the computer, yeah, right, dude. <laughs> Try right. like two or three years. Well, and you will yeah. wait. If that's yeah. you, John, that's you. That's me. That was a great round table. Ah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Now for an even better one. Blast. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Just kidding. It's me. Um, oh. Yeah, it's your favorite. What did I do in the last week? Or two? You know, I've been pretty busy with stuff. Um, I'll, I'll dip a little bit into the grounded. We got to the finish line and grounded. Oh, yeah. We just need to cross it. But we... Wait. You guys We've didn't done, finish that yet? What the no. fuck? We done Damn. everything, and then we tried the final event, and we lost. 
and we kind of haven't gone back to it yet. Yeah, we, think, we activated the final sequence, and it's just like a, uh, you know, kind of like a wave survive. event where you have to defend, like, an area. Or well, in this case, it's three areas, and the, the bugs are attacking. I got to say, those are a big miss for me on this game. Uh, none of them have been really fun. Uh, I'm not a fan of that type of stuff in general, so it's totally just a me preference. But it does feel kind of weird that the game that we played all the way up to this point ends in a massive wave defense thing i guess it fits with like the building of stuff but i would preferred something like more bosses than wave defense that's just me or like us yeah. moving somewhere and fighting exactly I, that's what i was gonna say like us getting transported to like a like a cool environment or something just for like the end of the game you know like a, like a basement or, or something and having to right. actually progress in some way yeah I agree. I was a little, little let down. To be honest, I like after we failed, and we kind of took like a few days off. Like I, I, I did actually forget about it, and then I remembered today before I was talking to Alex. I definitely still want to do uh, it. Yeah, 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 we gotta yeah, get in there and do it. We're just like it's kind of be a pain in the not a pain in the ass, but like be a little bit of pain in the ass because I don't want to do it right this time so we don't fuck up. <laughs> like we're gonna have to build yeah. spike traps and stuff like around the the mushroom walls, and it's hmm. gonna take some time. I did make 1,600 mushroom bricks to build all the walls we need. Right. That's yeah, nice. We got the bricks down. That'll be... Now we can just go crazy with it. Uh, I really think, yeah. We... we and it's not like we didn't... It's not like we fucked around. We we did put up a lot of walls and stuff. We put up a lot of walls, and, I mean, we've done everything else in the game. Like, uh, we're not, you know, weak. Mm-hmm. Fuck that that's, so uh, that's not really what I'm hearing right now though. We're not weak. That we well, we're not weak, but we have never ever in any of the game opportunities used any of the traps. Uh, True. And they're clearly there for those events. So I'm sure once we get those down, it's probably gonna be actually like too easy. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I didn't talk uh no, whatever. If you got something to jump in, I only got one more thing, it'll be quick. Oh, I was saying, I'm talking about Valheim. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, was, I did forget about that. I'm glad you brought it up. But Valheim had a big Mistlands update, big surprise drop, which is totally the right way to handle something like the Mistlands update where people are just waiting like crazy for it. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, yeah, it dropped in the public test uh, server or whatever on Steam. Uh, it's a new biome, and obviously with the biome, new enemies, uh, new... Uh, Weapons and and systems and stuff. Oh, just another reason to play the game. We we started up a uh, server yeah. and we're we're going through again. Yeah. Um. So far, of course, I think all of the new stuff is at the very tail end of the game. So we have not seen anything new, as far as I'm aware, except the uh, the now there's new animation for getting dropped into the world. Uh, there's some, uh, like, uh, the Crow, Hugin, and, uh, the whatchamacallit, uh, the Valkyrie that drops you off at the beginning. They have, like, little outfits on now, which is interesting. <laughs> well, well like, actually, who- there, there was a, there was a small update, uh, before the Mistlands came out, like, the mountain update, so we'll get to see that. There's, like, a Caves new mountain kind of cave dungeons. Cool. Um, uh, there are new items from those updates as well. Yeah, so I guess we'll have some some small things to see. But yeah, we're we're back in the Valheim hole. I haven't got to, I really 
I, I want to buckle down and just push through God of War so then I can get to some Valheim. I'll tell you, you know, what, though. To focus otherwise. What My action. biggest worry with uh, playing vanilla Valheim with people on a dedicated server, and it, this is just the nature of the beast, we got friends who are going to, and I say this with love, quote-unquote, no-life it. Um, <laughs> while I, I just typically don't have the time for that, you know? Well, on the plus side, some mods do work on the server, and you don't need to have them installed, or like you don't have to install them. Alex was telling me he's got some small ones. They weren't anything crazy, uh, but he said he did have some on. And do those help with some kind of group progression angle? Well, the mods the I was talking about life. Were, are like the the magic mods, which basically just completely obliterate the balance of the game, so it doesn't really matter. Well, that to one somebody. is not. Yeah, that one didn't work. Uh, they, they were like, I can't remember which one he said. They were very small. Like, you wouldn't notice them if they were on or off. Um, Remind me, oh. the way the biomes work is that they're like, you you, you start off in the, the grasslands or whatever, the, the default uh, starting zone, and it's meadow, very low level. Yeah. Meadow, yeah. Um, And then they're not like, I played a ton of this. I should remember. They're not like concentric circles around that. They're like different areas that you can travel to. Yeah, they're different yeah, procedurally yeah. generated it's, map. It's patches, not like patches. Well. islands. There's like islands, like big but, continents that'll have yeah, different yeah. ones. Okay. Like right, because uh, we travel by boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I have. I pretty much spent most of my day uh, today uh, riding on a little raft to find like a place to live, which took like hours. Uh, I found a place, and I built this nice little house in a meadow. Went over a hill. There's a swamp right over on the other side of the hill that I didn't even notice. So I was just like, oh, that's that's good. It's cool. I really like that game. I'm happy uh, we're playing it again. Yeah. So, last night, the Late Night Boys killed Ike there. That was the last I played. Have they done a whole lot since then? Uh, oh, it looks I'm like Zach's 100%. in the swamp, so I assume Zach is. Zach and Alex are probably zooming far ahead of everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, last I checked, they were. I don't think they were in this really swamp. I think they just took a boat and they were just trying to chart around the island. They probably just passed the swamp. I think Zach lost all of his stuff and the, the leeches preventing him from getting it. Back. it. Yeah. Uh, that's fucked. That's what you get for going out of your uh, your zone too fast. Hey, it happens. Uh, but yeah, I saw they, they killed Ethier. I went and killed him this morning. Yeah, they and, were up uh, late last night. They, I, I got off pretty early. Yeah, I was I was up with them until like about 2 a.m. Whenever I got off a little bit before Knoxville got off, I think. I think they, I think they stopped shortly after that. Yeah, Valheim. Valheim. Yeah, Valheim. Sorry, one second. I'm pulling up a list. Valheim. What? Oh, you go. I was just trying to fill some. Space. What's the new method of dropping in? When you spawn, actually, yeah. I didn't even. Yeah, what is it? I wasn't even looking at my screen. Right. Uh, I uh, you don't uh, the crow the crow drops you in right beforehand. I thought oh. you no. just spawned. No, you were always no, dropped always in dropped for the uh, Valkyrie. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm just motherfucker. Uh, so the the main nugget I wanted to talk about for a quick minute was the video game Papers, Please by Lucas Pope. Um, I played all the way through that, and I got two of the endings, and I kind of played it twice. 
oh. questions. Neat. Uh, you just decided to do that? <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I loved Oberdin. Uh, and yeah. I think I even owned Paper Please before I'd heard about Oberdin. Probably. Especially Oberdin. after playing Oberdin, I was really impressed at the um, sheer quality of the Artur work. I know that sounds pretentious to say, but I am trying to say something where it was one man's single vision crafted entirely by him. And Oberdin was kind of fantastic in a number of ways. The gameplay was really unique and revolution- well, revolutionary is a buzzword. It was really unique um, mm-hmm. and good. And the art style as well. You know, uh, The fact it was all made by one guy, I thought was really impressive. Papers, Please is exactly that too. Like the music, the visuals, and the gameplay are all really good work together and were designed by one guy. So I super appreciate that. Um, there's a certain, you can sort of like tell he has a style, right? Like he really likes things where he can like make texts that is associated with other texts and puzzles around it. You know what yes. I mean? Like your log yeah. book and Oprah Den and then papers, please. It's, you know, you have a, a book of all the cities that issue passports and eventually you just kind of like get that memorized. Um, but you need to know that kind of stuff or be able to reference it at least to suss out who's real and who's not. And Papers, Please, you're playing as an investigator at a border checkpoint who is allowing or disallowing people to enter into um, the communist uh, country of Arstotska. Um, And throughout the game, you get money for each person that you detain, or sorry, you get money for each passport that you process, regardless of whether you accept or deny them. So the game really incentivizes you to get better and better at parsing all the mini rules ads. And I'm I'm sure if you think about it for a couple of seconds, you can kind of see how this goes. But uh, eventually the game just starts really, really drowning you in rules. Like stuff that's like just really hard to know. Right. Yeah, yeah it was fun watching you play. It's, uh, I mean, the game came out a while ago, right? I, I think I might even own it myself, but I, I don't think I got very far. That's funny. Uh, maybe it's got a small brain. Uh, I think maybe I played this one on Game Patch or something. I don't think I'd do on it, actually. I did buy Oberdin, and I bounced off it so hard. <laughs> I, I think I just didn't know what the fuck to do in the beginning, and I just did not bother to learn. But I enjoyed watching you guys play through it. Mostly Vito, actually. I enjoyed watching Vito play through it's it. It's funny. Oberdin was so perfectly enrapturing to me, and Papers, Please was not. Like, Papers, Please was a great... Uh, uh, it was it, it was a great first game, um, and I don't say that. Okay, let me start over. It was fully realized as a great first like indie game made by one person. Everything just works and is like a great direction, and he knows exactly what he wants to do and executes it very well. And yet, the gameplay wasn't as much my thing, and I I kind of like I kind of bounced off it to an extent. I I didn't get very far in it. Whereas Oberdin just drew me in right from the jump. So that's that was my experience. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I knew about this game for a long time before I decided to just pop it open. And honestly, I was in a mood where I just needed something to like totally distract me for a bit. So mm-hmm. I gave myself an hour to like get totally distracted by this game and be becoming enraptured by it. Enough so that like I lost my first playthrough. Because if you get broke, then you get thrown into jail, and your family gets, uh, you know, the the fate of your family is unknown. Naturally. Um, and then I had another playthrough 
where I was like, um, uh, another playthrough where I was doing okay, like maintaining a balance of like 40 to 50 credits most days, but I was getting really worried that I'd like been inefficient. And honestly, I grew to like learn the game and get more and more appreciative of being efficient and learn all the rules where I could start processing people really quickly. So just kind of for fun, I started over one more time. So my third run, I got all the way to the end. I got a few innings off of that. The game I has do really like endings. games that entice you to do that, that make you feel like, oh, I want to start over and try this again, knowing what I know now. You know, that, that is a fun feeling. No, yeah, I, I'm totally, I, I totally am into that. The game even has an endless mode, though I never unlocked it because it required doing the uh, pure good boy ending, which Ugh. I did not do. Uh, that's just thank uh, you. I started one more playthrough that I may or may not finish, um, where uh, I am doing a good boy stuff. And it's funny because, well, I mean, of course it's going to be this way, but I thought that I was good at the game when I started my third playthrough. But on my fourth playthrough, I'm just processing insanely fast. Like, I'm making bank. Um, <laughs> no, that's Papers, Please. A really fun little game. Super simple. Um, if you like the idea of seeing a guy really just use a few simple concepts all the way to um, their full potential with simple graphics and fun gameplay loops, try that out. Yeah, it's basically the quintessential first indie darling game like like in terms of first effort by a very talented guy you know a very talented person yeah for sure and to that note after i beat papers please a few times i went to lucas's pope's lucas pope's website i think it's duke duke's pope dot com something like that lucas pope's website is called duke's pope's <laughs> duke's yes. pope <laughs> Yes, one moment. Uh, Duke, sorry, Duke Cope. Duke and I played okay. through all of his uh, Gam Jam made games. There's like four of them. Ah. Um, and uh, I recommend that. It's a fun walk. It took me like 45 minutes to like do one run of each. Um, but they all kind of are similar in that sense. Um, Are they all like that? Like you said, text interacting with other texts and uh, having to compare things. One of them is like that. There's a game called the Republic of Times, which is obviously set in the Papers, Please universe um, that you play as a news editor. And the main goal of the game is to gain loyalty to the nation state as well as gain readership. So you get a bunch of headlines fed to you from your writers, and you have to parse which ones are going to be the most favorable to the state and which ones are going to be the sexiest to the news show. Oh, I think I may have there's tried one, that. There's one called Six Degrees of Sabotage, where it's sort of like a werewolf-style game where you have to find... Uh, you have to figure out this network of conspirators. There's, I think, five conspirators in each map, um, and then you shoot them. Shit. There's one called Unsolicited, and I didn't really understand this one that much, and maybe I didn't play it long enough, but it seems sort of like Papers, Please, but you were um, a, you were trying to, like, send thank you letters for donations to a company. It was sort of weird. Hmm. The most unique one that he hasn't really made a parallel for is one called The Sea Has No Claim, where uh, you play as somebody... 
like a search a rescue team trying to find shipwrecked or like crashed planes and that kind of thing out in the ocean. The way you do that is that the ocean is just the whole screen and you have a selection of tools that you can use to probe where things are at. Stuff like sonars or boats, search boats and that kind of thing. Um, and then once you think you've triangulated it, you throw down a life preserver. It's actually a really fun concept. Huh. I don't know if he's ever going to do anything with it, but I like it. And I see that right now, he, uh, his main obsession recently in game development has been making a game called Mars After Midnight um, for the play date. So I probably won't ever play that, but Sounds cool. For the play date? Yeah, what the fuck is that? The play Did date? It like we all know? Yeah. yeah, the play date The play date is actually like semi-popular. Like games enthusiasts are really digging it. Um, I think we've talked about it when it came out. I'm find, trying to find a good picture. But it it's made to be like something that like has an online interface that's like easy to interact with and somewhat open source so people can kind of like mod it and that kind of thing oh, a lot of developers are making fun little games with this and the main basic premise is that the device has the d-pad two buttons and a crank hmm. yeah for, for the listeners if you've seen that y- weird yellow thing with the the grayscale like bit screen that it's that <laughs> with the little crank uh the i had never seen this before in my life but it looks fun the crank looks fun yeah, it's a little game and watchy, I imagine. Right on, right on. Okay. Uh, what else? What's he got uh, for us? Going down my list. I don't have any shows and such I want to talk about right now. Um, I watched a little bit of something, but Vito also watched that. And I want Vito to be here to talk about it. I think that's all I got. Alrighty. Alright. Nice. Flask, I assume you need longer than 15 minutes for a round table. Uh... Well, I feel like we could we could take a break now, regardless. I, I feel like that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, great. Uh, well, in that case, let's take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes for Flask's roundtable, Greg's roundtable, and a pitter-pattering of the news news. Pitter-pattering. All right. So, Vito, you're up next. What's your roundtable? Um, Vampire Survivors Mad Dope. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Somerville, Vito? Bad. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure what to say about that. What do you think, Vito, about Darkside? Disappointing. Thanks for your contribution this week, Vito. I can tell you worked a lot on it. You're fucking welcome. I'm going back to Italy. Goodbye, Tiny Vito. I can't believe you dragged me out here for this. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Hope everybody had a good uh, few seconds of their drive, their morning, their afternoon, what, whatever you may be doing or what time you may be currently experiencing this podcast in. Hope you didn't die. Nobody I died, I hope you didn't John. die as well. Hey, who else I hope is still alive? Flask. My good old buddy Flask, who I'm sure <laughs> has 
quite a tale for whales from the last couple of weeks. I'm checking my pulse right now. I, I can't tell. But while I'm still able to communicate, I will discuss the things I've been doing. Um, I, uh, first of all, I've been struggling through that new Netflix show, 1899, from the creators of Dark, that uh, the German Netflix mystery show from a few years back. What what year does that seasons. show take place in? Which one? 1899? Uh, mm. Ostensibly 1899. Starts in 1899. It's about a passenger liner with a German crew taking a multinational cast to America uh, and they discover their sister ship along the way, which went missing four months prior and then strange things start to happen, of course. Um, All right. As I started to watch it, I got that familiar feeling, that the familiar burden settled onto my shoulders, uh, which is the same burden that made me drop dark in its first season, even though it's ostensibly the type of show I enjoy. Uh, but that is essentially the mystery box burden where I know I'm going to have to just limp through a season of uh, reticence and brooding, just kind of like scraping along with the barest minimum of understanding uh, because everyone in the show is secretive and sullen and antagonistic towards each other. And, like, suspicious of one another, of course. Uh, they're all about a hair's breadth from cracking emotionally. Even before the mysterious events begin. And they all have baggage. None of them will share anything with one another. It's exhausting to watch. <laughs> um, and I say that. I enjoy mysteries. I enjoy maritime mysteries a lot. Uh, dark atmospheres, of course. Weird stuff. Weird fiction stuff. But... It's kind of stifling. It's kind of st it felt taxing to watch so far. I'm like halfway through it. I don't know if I'm going to finish, but it feels it feels taxing to watch. And I I'm sure people like that sort of thing. That's what they probably got out of Dark. And I understand that Dark like also had its very very complex world building which apparently really paid off over the course of time and I can appreciate that. But 1899 so far is like I'm struggling with it. Eh all right, right on. Uh, okay. As for something I did enjoy watching, I, uh, or sorry, I didn't. <laughs> as for something I enjoyed reading, uh, I caught up on the manga Spy Family, Spy X Family, but it's, I, I, All right, I think I've it's heard just of this. Spy Family. Uh, very popular over the last year or so. It's a lot of fun. I can see why it exploded in popularity. The premise is pretty ripe. For for good humor and, and action. Well, that was. I, I got a question. I guess. How, well, you read. So how how many chapters are there? There are currently ten volumes with a a, cha a bit of change of chapters at the end. How uh, many? How many chapters in like each? How big? How many big is a volume? Yeah. Uh, I think like eight chapters each. Six to eight chapters each. 
How many pages? Of uh, yeah. So I guess my question is the, the the premise of the show, as far as I understand it, is that there are two. It's like Mr. Yeah, and Mrs. Smith, yeah, but there's so, a kid who can read minds in the middle of it. A top-level spy needs to get close to a high-profile target. The only way to do so is to assemble this fake family, a, a fake family. So he finds a wife. Turns out she's secretly a, a highly skilled assassin trying to appear normal, normal herself. He also finds a young daughter, an orphan. But it turns out that she's an orphan because she was a lab experiment and she has telepathy. She can read minds. So they're trying to appear to be a normal family while the spy is pursuing his mission and the couple is trying to hide their work from each other and the daughter can read both their minds everyone's minds so she thinks they're super cool and is really jazzed to be a part of this family at all because she's an orphan so she tries her best to just help keep all their secrets and what they're trying to do so hijinks ensue um and it hasn't gotten stale. Cause I guess that was my worry about a show like that. Is like, how long could you keep that up? Like them not knowing. That's each a fair point. Lives. Um, it you have to kind of just accept that this is the premise, at least to the point we're at. Even ten volumes in, you kind of just have to accept that that is the premise that we have, and so there is progression in a sense. Um. And every now and then we'll get an arc that sort of like develops a character more. But as far as if you're looking, if you're getting into this for the overarching plot and the progression of that plot, you're probably going to be disappointed. It's about, it's, it's a comedy manga. It's about the, the hijinks that ensue. The, the premise is there as the foundation upon which all of the gags are built, all of the little stories that, gotcha, uh, gotcha. that are just for fun, you know? So that is All a right. fair point to, yeah. to keep in mind. Greg, have you? Yeah, I mean, I, you... I haven't watched. Oh, sorry. sorry, what was that? You haven't watched? Oh, I say I haven't watched the anime. I know like there's a season out or something, but yes. I, I I hear it's popular. It is quite popular. There's, Greg, did have you watched the anime of this? I have not. No. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Seems uh, like a Greg thing, you know. I could see it. I could see it. The the girl, the the little telepathic girl, is is kind of the source of a lot of humor, and she's very like precocious and uh, f- f- funny character. Sounds um, somewhere in a in a weird way to me that, uh, to a puppet man pretending to be a high schooler. You just gotta kind of accept the premise. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Cousin Skeeter. The the um uh Sumire sixteen sai. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. I think you're talking about Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> um, I, you're both correct, actually. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what they call it in Japan. Ironically, I would say that Sumire has more character development than than Spy Family, which is way bigger than, than Sumire. And maybe that's why. Maybe they're... Right now, the moth... I believe the author prior to this was was having bad luck in terms of getting series to have any staying power. So... This one was just like out of nowhere, super popular for him. Great for him, but maybe he's at a point where like I'm gonna milk this shit. <laughs> I don't blame him. You oh, know? Okay. What do you say? What do you say the conspiracy theory that this is Japanese propaganda to get the uh, youth to start families? That's a pretty funny theory. <laughs> um, I hadn't heard that Make one. It by making it look extra cool in, in, in anime and manga. Listen, this would not be the first. 
Yeah, yeah, that would be a fair point, Greg. Like the the yeah, I, I could imagine them definitely uh um, being proponents of manga and anime that make it look nice, <laughs> make family look nice. That wouldn't surprise me, I guess. I'm uh I'm looking through my my wide list of anime, but there is one I watched and it's literally just hey Get a family, bud. Because <laughs> if you remove the, like the stuff that would never affect you as a like as a mundane individual, as a non-spire assassin, right? If you remove that stuff, that extraneous action detail to their lives, the actual family stuff is incredibly wholesome, and they're like it. It, it all comes together very easily. Obviously, for the circumstances that are presented for, for for each character's sake, but it comes together very easily, and they all just get along and like. It makes their family life look very enticing because it's just so wholesome and and uh, seems to be very happy, you know. <laughs> so I could say I could see that. Although you know you gotta, it's still a fun manga in its own right without having to. Uh, hey, it's it's still. I mean, the anime is on the list, and I I do like the the reaction panel from. Uh, from oh yes, it has some good reaction panels for sure. Mimetic potential. Anyway, Mimetic Spy Family. Potential. Spy Family. As for right. stuff that I've played, oh, the, good uh, stuff. the good stuff, the meat. I played uh, Somerville, which just came to Game Pass. That's that. I heard it was bad. <laughs> from from, uh, from who? From whomst? Uh, oh, from Podcaster Video, of course. Oh, I see. What a great. It's the uh, it's the limbo inside. Little nightmares esque two D three D walking left or right and solving puzzles game. Uh, the newest one of those. It also has some shades it, of another world, I would say. But it is actually made by the people who did Limited well out or inside, right? Or it's made by a guy who was right, okay. who, who worked with the uh, was it play play dead or play dead? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, a guy who worked at Blade Runner. I believe so. And then he came over and he started this studio. I may be wrong on the, the details of this, but I think he started a, a studio that made this. Because I guess he liked that sort of game. Um, right. Well, they're good games. I enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to say this right off, it has a lack, uh, currently, it has a lack of graphic settings and some in-game collision and detection issues. That didn't break my experience, but did mar it. Uh, so there's some technical stuff going on right now. I don't, it's not just because of Game Pass, I don't think, because it also involves settings and stuff like that. It does mar the experience a bit. So maybe that could be fixed later on, but that's the state of it currently. Um, overall, though, it's a decent representation, representative of this subgenre of 2D, 3D walking back and forth and solving puzzles games. Uh, without being particularly stand out in that field, it, it has good presentation and a competent puzzling gimmick and a plot, so to speak, that begs questions. But it doesn't really have a special wow factor, like I would argue its its predecessors had. And that this is actually the first of these that I felt could really have used some voice acting. Uh, just because of the normalcy of the protagonist as he's thrown into chaos, you know? And 
I kind of wanted to know what he, f- he, what the hell he was thinking. The intonation of it or whatever. Yeah, it's the first one of these that I I was actually thinking about the lack of voice acting and how that kind of harmed what I was how I was relating to the game. It doesn't do enough non-verbally, I feel, to communicate much of anything. Um, you have to infer a lot about what the character's going through, which is only a problem here because he's a regular Joe. You know, he's a regular guy thrust into this crazy situation. Um, which could apply to like another world too, but I think another world does an amazing job of nonverbal communication and storytelling. Um, so yeah, it's a tad inelegant in that way. Though again, everything it does as a game experience, I don't think I said this yet, actually, so I shouldn't say again, but everything it does as a game experience works well enough. Um, it's a short experience, only a couple hours, a few hours, like two or three. And uh, a good portion of the later game is taken up by what I would call cool nothing in how surreal it is. Uh, they go a little trippy and, and oh, a little they're just trying uh, surreal. trying to vibe and like, it doesn't yeah. feel necessarily genuine or whole. Yeah. Uh, no big deal. It just leaves me sort of wondering what the thesis for this game was beyond let's make another one of these types of games. I don't, I don't really have a great idea of what that would have been. It does have one element about it that I could see making multiple playthroughs rewarding. Um, but for my part, I wasn't really interested. Um, since the game is so short, it's probably not too deep a commitment. If you're observant and thoughtful to play a couple times, um, and get the full experience, but I didn't feel compelled to, uh, and that's saying something for such such a slight experience that I didn't want to. I didn't really care. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's competent, but it's I would say it's probably the least of these types of games so far. Like not as good as the Little Nightmares, not as good as Insider Limbo, etc. Which is kind of disappointing because I, I I liked the idea that I saw in the trailer. You know, the we see, we see like some kind of alien activity in a in a small little uh, family setting. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. I, I know a few of you boys really uh, looking forward to that. I I played Limbo and I really liked it, but I I haven't really followed that. Yeah, yet. I mean, I love all those games. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to play this one. You know, it was in the backlog, but I was definitely going to play it. I'll still play it, but it's a little disappointing to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a big time commitment. You'll still, you'll still get enough out of the experience for sure. It's just probably the least of them. And that's not saying that it's bad. Cool. Uh, as for a game oh, that I enjoyed quite a bit more than Somerville, uh, Pentiment also came oh, out of Game yeah, Pass. Man. That's on my short list. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I figured you would beat me to it. I started it and got and was like midway through the character per- creation world. I was like, God, I'm not in the right mindset for this. And I like <laughs> I feel immediately, that. I immediately ejected. Uh, but I, I'm really looking forward to it. I just need to set aside the right time. Yeah, get in the right mood because it's definitely one of those mood games. You have to be ready to read. You have to be ready to invest yourself into the world. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you directly. Um, let's confront the obvious Disco Elysium parallels. Uh, Josh Sawyer himself said not to expect much of Disco Elysium in this game, but I'm seeing, okay. I'm seeing 
some comments saying, actually expect more of it than you think. Well, what would you say? Expect more than he told you to expect, I would say. It, it does have some parallels that I, can, I could see. Um, however, it's almost a refutation of the way Disco Elysium works. And not in a negative way towards Disco Elysium, just sort of like a, a different take on what Disco Elysium, how Disco Elysium decides to present itself um, mechanically. I can't really go into it because I don't want to spoil that that like development of, of how you feel about it, obviously. But um, yeah, definitely parallels, I would say. Uh, more than none, <laughs> more than zero. And interesting in the way that it takes a different a different approach to the same sort of uh material mechanically i should say not uh not in the story or world really all right um well, i mean that sounds kind of cool yeah uh so yeah for the the game itself this is uh obsidian by the way um y- yeah totally the the this, this game is really cool um very distinct um for for those who haven't seen what this game looks like its art style is in the style of you know uh 14th 15th century um i i forget if the, like like uh illustrations like book illustrations the type you would see in in uh scripture type books and uh uh works of scholarship like these very um oh my goodness these very elaborate illustrations very colorful but that sort of um very depthless style uh, the care you know people don't really have any depth to them because that's just the style of the time um the whole game is is rendered like that so you're walking around a world uh it's set in a small town walking around a world as you are an artist who has come to this are, town are to you, work here um, for a time i'm just gonna sound like a big question you're not when you say walking around the world you're speaking figuratively because you're not actually navigating an open world right it's more like you're a point and click game right you are using a stick or wasd to walk around but it oh, is okay. on paths it's on okay. paths so okay. you're not free to go anywhere, but you are free to walk about the town. It's more explanation than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how is the actual business of uh, solving a murder in that game? Is that like so? A, yeah, there there is murder mystery stuff. Uh yeah, it is. <laughs> I guess that's the type of game we really like, right? Because like it's it's all about talking to people and reading things and. Um, you're not a forensic investigator like would normally be the case. You are an artist who just happens to be personally invested in the situation and just wants things to go a certain way, depending on what type of character you're playing, obviously, that can change. Right. But um, So you are just trying your best as like a normal person without much experience in this regard, trying to talk to people and learn things and find out what you can possibly find out so it's it's an interesting again an interesting approach to this type of game and uh it's i think divisive the way it uh continues to play out throughout the game i think i've you know i could imagine and have seen uh 
some divisiveness in terms of people's reactions to the way it plays out. But uh, I think it justifies, very much justifies what it chooses to do as a murder mystery sort of detectiving game. Um, and I think it works for the the piece as a whole, for sure. Okay, cool. And the thing about this game, I mean, the the passion and the depth of the research is so evident in every dialogue, every detail of the world, every the, the art style, of course. Like, even if this were somehow historically inaccurate in areas, which I I don't think it is to be to be clear, it would feel still feel so alive as a representation of the time period. That's what that's what you're here for. It's like the how how much you're immersed into this point in time and space <laughs> um and humanity you know I, i'd love to play more games or set in, in less explored years and locales there's so much history and locale is out precisely oh it's uh mid 1500s uh germany small germany town okay, german town cool. like bavaria I, i'm glad to hear all these positive words josh Scholier has talked about this as a passion project and something that it sounds like you were just kind of given free reign to do because of who he is. Hmm. Um, but I'm glad it seems like at least it, it's turned out well. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't, I'm not without any gripes, but I, I can go into those. But I just want to say first, anyone out there listening to this, write in and give me some recommendations of games that uh, evoke a sense of, of lived-in time and place and how history is constantly being constructed like it's not oh i got it's one. not the forgotten city i was gonna say like pentiment or the forgotten city yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah those are great examples of that broken campfire at gmail let me know uh but yeah as for little gripes all good world building characterization uh but most of the information and checks don't checks by checks i mean like uh dialogue checks and stuff like that don't matter and I say that with quotes, in that there is deviation, for sure, but not really branching. Um, and I don't think that's something that, like Josh Sawyer and his and the team, um, would have uh, told people to anticipate. I think maybe they even said the opposite, like don't anticipate a lot of a lot of branching paths and stuff like that. Um, but it is about learning about the world and you got to be invested you got to be interested in the subject matter to get the most out of this game uh because it's not all in service of deviating your your you know choices on the tree to get different uh resolutions and endings and stuff like that it, there's a scant few choices that cause deviation so keep that you know that's something to be aware of uh but when you when you are invested when you are interested in this it's like yeah wow as i said the depth of research is so amazing uh the third act is great it started stretching out at that point i will say dragging a bit but it does give you again a chance to learn a lot about the world which is nice i'm really not complaining um just that i did start to feel its length as the mystery was concerned <laughs> um that may not have been helped by the fact that i i figured out or at least sort of cinched my suspicion of who done it uh early in act two 
So I had to spend there. There are three acts in the game. So I had to spend two acts sort of waiting for the game to catch up to me. I'm not saying that to, you know, brag about that. You know, that's not a big deal. It's just that happened to me. And so I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next part where I, you know, can move to act on my understanding of the situation. So you, sorry, you said you solved it long before the game allowed you to. I solved it early in act two. And so then had to uh, play through the rest of act two and then act three before being able to resolve the whole thing. I was just asking because it sounds like I got to solve it by the end of Act One. Then <laughs> I guess so. And to be fair, I mean to be clear, I was again I wasn't bragging, so I wasn't trying to like yeah, put yeah, no, you know, myself forward. Don't worry, I got it. I had right, suspicions right. all throughout Act One. Oh, it was only okay. in the start of now. He's hedging his bets. Let's just. You have to do Act Zero, dude. You have to do tutorial. I'm gonna look it up before I start. Yeah, yeah, I had suspicions all throughout Act was. One, and it was only in the start of Act Two that I was able to confirm. Not, not that I was able to, but that I was like, okay, I yo, I got it. Yeah. Um, that was just my experience, though, and that's you know that's subjective for sure. Uh, there are some. I, I warning. This is the, the last thing I'll mention, but there, warning. There are some odd continuity bugs that they need to fix in a patch. And I say bugs as in like, these aren't supposed to be this way. Uh, Right now, I would recommend not, (sighs) this is tough, because you kind of do need it if you're not keeping, you know, a journal of your own in real life. But I would recommend not even consulting the, the glossary of townsfolk at all, if possible. Because there are spoilers that shouldn't be there. It's just actually bugged. Um, mm. Kind of weird that that, that happened. Uh, even then, I saw at least one or two spoiling errors in the gameplay itself. Like someone would say something, and I'd be like, wait, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, so yeah, that's it's not, not a big deal. I saw them, didn't ruin the experiments, uh, the experiments, the experience for me. Uh, seeing stuff spoiled a little bit ahead of time. But just be aware that in the glossary where it lists all the people and a couple times, a couple minor times in gameplay, there are weird like jump ahead continuity errors that spoil f- upcoming events. Continuity errors that spoil upcoming events? Yeah. I don't. I'm sure that would make sense when I played it, but I don't. Like like text on the screen that is way in advance of the the, the events actually happening. Uh, text describing events that are in advance of that those events actually happening in the game. Stuff like an, an NPC for some reason has bugged out and they're talking about the city burning down when that doesn't happen for a while. Yes, exactly. There's a couple things like that in the glossary and in gameplay that I saw. Uh, Again, they, part, they're not ruining. This ruinous. person slayed the great dragon when you haven't even seen a dragon. <laughs> There's yet. a fucking dragon in this game. Holy shit! Yeah, but those are the minor, minor things. Uh, really cool game. Love to see more like this in the future. Um, very distinct, very unique. So, thumbs up. And All it's right. on Game Pass. Oh, one thumbs up or two? I mean, two thumbs up. 
I don't give thumb scores, okay. but two thumbs up is fine. All right. And that's my round table. Great. I'm glad to hear that game didn't actually turn out to be shit. You know, he, like I said earlier, <laughs> that would have been disappointing. It was a passion project of his. So if it, if it blundered, it would have really sucked. What was the name of the one guy? Would have been funny, uh, wouldn't it? There was the one guy whose passion project was Balan Wonderworld. And then he <laughs> uh, went to jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck, Josh Sawyer. Keep your nose clean and staying off the streets. And now we go to Greg. <laughs> what have you done in the last week? Potentially two weeks? Uh, and you get, well, you get we're bonus go... points if you don't mention anime. Shit. Fuck him, Greg. Alright, well, I guess I'll talk about video games first, because I'm really kind of only... I mean, we talked about... Oh, wait! Holy fuck, I do have shit to talk about. What? Nani? Sorry, I got really excited because I just realized what I can talk about. Uh, so, last week, or the... Yeah, last week, uh, World of Warcraft, it's pre-patch started. Uh, for Dragonflight. Um... They released uh, their new class, the Evoker. Uh, hello? Yeah. We got you. Yeah, you're coming in. Oh, sorry. Sorry, my thing. I thought it disconnected for a second. I wasn't showing up. Uh, all right. So, yes, they released a new class, Evoker class, uh, or the class called the Evoker. It's a, uh, a dragon. Um, it is super gosh dang fun. I have to say it myself. It has a, they have this move. Uh, I'm going to look it up. Uh, but it's called uh, Soar. And basically, you are just able to fly around for a set amount of time, and you have to use, like, momentum and uh, all this stuff to uh, basically keep yourself up in the air. Interesting. Uh, hold on. They did that. They released um, the new uh, talent trees. New talent trees are cool. Uh, let, me just be, let me just say it here. I thought, wow, was gonna, this shit was going to suck. Pretty fucking cool so far i wow dig what i've seen so josh far. josh Sawyer must be really ecstatic about this who is that Dude. who's john sawyer is he like a like a fisherman or something like that the guy he was talking about for the last 20 minutes i was just making a joke greg sorry i apologize i got it don't worry thanks. I appreciate thanks, john. It. thank you john yeah uh I don't know who that is. I'm just fucking I'm fucking. Oh, uh, but yeah, dude. Alright. Uh, WoW. Yeah, WoW's cool. WoW's cool again, everybody. You heard it here first. Let me be <laughs> everyone mark down this episode. 118. This is the episode where I say World of Warcraft is back, baby. And then in three or when Dragonflight releases next week, we'll get I'll be like, damn, this is great. And then the week after that, I'll probably be like, dude, this sucks. Well, this yeah, game. I was gonna say this. Can you please tell me all the other episodes where he said that exact line? Mark this down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was back. I was I was literally gonna say, how fast will that take age like milk? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Uh when I was playing, I was like, dude, uh because um I don't know, dude. I just I like the new uh like moves and shit for the uh, with the new class. But I was like, man, this is fun. Uh I wonder how long it's going to take for me to not find this fun. Well, it hasn't happened yet, so it's cool. Uh, but that, so that's wow. Uh, Warzone 2 for Call of Duty got released. Um, I believe, when the hell did it get released? Last week? 
I think last uh last Wednesday. Didn't play it that much. Played it for like uh six hours, I think, with Kurt. Played uh didn't wasn't able to play Warzone. We played uh the DMZ mode, which is like I guess their uh their competition for like Tarkov. Hmm. Uh it's um so like it's a hardcore mode. Uh yeah. It's you it's you and up to a squad of uh with two other people or a squad of three. And it will dump you somewhere in the map, and you can uh, do missions, or you could uh, loot stuff, and then you have to basically extract to get all the items, like Tarkov. If you, I don't know if have you guys ever played uh, Tarkov, or do you know? I've not, uh, but you I know, know played Dark and Darker. <laughs> all right, yeah, basically, all right. So yeah, it's actually a good uh, thing uh, that. Uh, so you know how like Dark and Darker is like an inventory thing where like yeah. you bring stuff in, yeah, if yeah. you die, you lose it. That's basically this. Yes. Uh, you can ensure weapons and whatnot. Uh, it's pretty cool. Kurt's uh, doing something where he's trying to get every gun camo in Warzone, so I feel like I will never play this with him for, like, a few weeks. <laughs> but it was cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, my next game, uh, I started playing Project Zomboid again. Again? Uh, one, of my, one, of, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, the new gimmick is I put a bunch of mods on, and I've been, I think it's been, been about two weeks in the game. Uh, it has done nothing but snow for about, uh, I want to say like 12 of those uh, two weeks, or 12 days out of those two weeks. Does it snow in vanilla? Oh, uh, yeah, it'll snow in vanilla. But I, I mean, I have like, I have a bunch of like weird mods on. Like, Does I have, the uh, snow affect the zombies to like slow them down or anything? Or like, uh, so what's going on? I'm guessing it's like a giant blizzard. Uh, it is making the area like foggy and cold, uh, and it's very windy. So the sound is being like blocked out from them, and they really can't see uh, really far away. So it's been helping a lot. It does affect them. It doesn't okay. slow them down. Um, I have you zombies. Wear warmer clothes. Yeah, you got to wear warmer clothes. Uh, a big thing, and it's really funny for. Uh, I think it's funny with Knoxville. Uh, Knoxville joined me the other day. And uh, it's so cold outside, but it's so warm inside that we have to keep taking off clothes when we go inside or we start sweating. And we were driving at some point, and Nashville was getting so hot, he just started throwing his clothes out the window. <laughs> he needs those. <laughs> yeah. We're done driving. So we were done driving, and he was immediately cold. And I was like, why did you do that? That's what happens. It was very funny. Sometimes you panic and you get too hot. Yeah. It's uh very very cool though. I'm I love that game. I uh I highly recommend it if you anybody is interested in a in a zombie game. I feel like that is a per almost an almost perfect zombie game. Once it's done in like 30 years, it'll be the perfect zombie game. But it's pretty good so. It's yeah, fun. I forgot we we've been oh. doing that. Um yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um you know, I think that the hard part about that game is always when you've kind of the hard part about the game becomes when you've kind of solved it, when you've made your base and you're in a stable state, what do you do next? You know, at least for me, that's always been the hard part. Um, yeah, that's usually where like, uh, you're just like, all right, I, I guess this is it. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I'm safe. But no, uh, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I think. I think I think a lot of that has to do with the way we play, though, because I feel like if you told that to developers, what they would tell you is like you're never supposed to be safe. You're always supposed to be looking for something. 
And we always get mods that make yeah. our lives easier because, frankly, like a lot of the simulation aspects of the game just become annoying if you don't have all the time in the world. And there's a lot of things like uh, I know a big thing is uh, like the sleep. I I personally have that on because I I I I like that. I think it's uh an interesting mechanic, even though it's not like fully fleshed out. But a lot of the mods I have are uh, like they add new vehicles. Uh, one is I add, it adds uh, Pokemon trading cards to the world, and you can uh, collect them. There's like holographic and a bunch of different ones. Uh, there's video game consoles you can find. We found like a, an SNES, a regular NES. Uh, there's a new cooking mod that overhauls the cooking. Uh, I just a bunch of new like tie. It's I have a bunch of stuff on it. It's been, it's been pretty nice. Uh, yeah, so that's all I got for game wise. And now let's get to the real part where everyone stops me. Anime time. Stop. Hey. Anime. Um, I have anything else besides One Piece to talk about? Uh, no. Uh, so One Piece. I'm in Wano, everybody. I got that. I got the. It's Wano Wednesday, if you we will. Finally <laughs> made it. Wano Wednesday. Uh, I'm on episode 947. I'm almost, I'm almost caught up. Uh, Spoilers for One Piece until 136.04. Big Mom has shown up again. She is now on Wano. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing more of uh, Kaido. Uh, John, this is more to you. I'm, I've, I just saw a queen. Uh, Queen's uh, Devil Fruit. Okay, cool. So you've, you've seen the whole crew now, more or less. Yeah. Right? I uh I love I love their uh their pirate group. They're basically their whole gimmick is they all have a uh, dragon fruit powers, but they're all uh of a like a different subspecies. I guess is what it is. Oh, where they're dinosaurs. all uh yeah they're all basically just dinosaurs. Okay. Like uh this guy Queen, uh he is just a giant uh brachiosaurus. He's just got like a long neck guy. Uh, there's like a pterodactyl, uh, a giant spinosaurus, an allosaurus. Where was another one? Really cool. Super dig that shit. Uh, Maybe this is a spoiler, yeah. but how did they arrange that they would all get that type of devil fruit? What What's the animal that type? I have no idea. That I don't know yet. I'm not sure about that yet. I don't know about that. Yeah, um, get into it. You're almost there, Greg. Well, you're only like... Uh, I like, gotta check oh. how many... I'm gonna Wait, say you should, I'm, well, I'm sorry. You're on what episode again? Nine forty-seven. So I'm probably nine forty-seven. I think you're about a hundred episodes away. I think they're on one thousand like forty-one right now. Goodness wow, gracious! Wow, this is. I was thinking once I finish, I'm probably just gonna restart and watch, start watching it again. Cause uh, what else are you gonna do? It's just the way yeah, you live your like, life. A, <laughs> yeah, it's just how I I've lived it for the last year. I was like, if I need to do something, I just watch One Piece. Agreed. It's like having a fan out uh, when you're sleeping, but for when you're awake. It's great, man. They had uh, they had this character show up, and he was like this laughy guy. I'm not gonna say much about him, but then they uh, like something happened with him, and it was pretty, like emotional. I teared up. I was like, wow, this guy that really wasn't hasn't showed up. Uh, he was probably in for like a few, uh, like maybe like two three episodes in total. I was like, damn, that really. Really powerful, really strong. I love One Piece. It's kind of wild that great. Oda's still good at doing that in yeah. hundreds of episodes into his <laughs> manga. He's able to make, take some random schmuck character that I'm like, all right, whatever. And then make them like a major plot point. You're like, what the hell? 
pretty wild. Cool. Pretty impressive. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. One Piece. Everyone is watch One Piece. No, it's not. It's really just not. I look. I will believe you when you have evidence. What's your evidence? Some dead guy. Some if, dead guy said it's real. Multiple uh, pirate king said, "Yeah, multiple dead just people." Weird, I guess nowadays. Dead. Listen, just watch okay, One Piece. If you want to watch a good show, if you want to watch mediocrity, watch. Uh, what was it? Uh, Twin Sheets. Twin whatever. Geeks. Twin uh, Geeks. Thank you. Yeah, there's a Twin right, Geeks right well, there. If Vita was there, it'd be the three geeks. I just really, really yeah. have a strong feeling that you guys know that's not what it's called. Mm, I think it is. Think but it yeah, is. that's that's that all I got. Right uh, yeah, there you go. See, even Flash knew it. That's all. I I really I ain't got nothing else. I'm a happy uh I'm a happy One Piece watcher. All right. All right. All right. That means. It's time for the news. This is news. This is news. This is news. The news. Is this the news I've been hearing so much about? The news, news, news. What's happened in the last week in video games and other things? It's the news with Broken Campfire. What the fuck? Kevin Conroy, best known for voicing Batman, has died at the age of 66. I probably should have started off that way. That was not. Sorry, Mr. Conroy. Look, that was look. Come on, man. You know that was just just a coincidence. Just a jib, friend. Just a jib. Just the unlock yeah, of the bummerized. drop. I was saying, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. I've been watching through uh, Batman animated series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels bad. I don't, I don't know what else you want to say. When you when you're watching that and you're watching like the early episodes of uh, Batman TAS, and you compare that to like the the last like gotham games and stuff like that or sorry uh, arkham games um whatever whatever he did more recently is there like obviously he's older <laughs> i don't know what i'm getting at exactly but um how, like well, how is his performance different? going back all the way to the start of his performance as batman like what do you what it was your impression of that going back in time um, I mean, I'd really have to listen to them side by side, but if I had to say something right now, I think in TAS, kind of softer. Mm-hmm. I imagine he put more gravel into it as he went along. For, you know, yeah. also getting older does that naturally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still, that's a that's a bummer. Okay. Well, uh, some less bummer news. Uh, Remedy is co-publishing and co-developing Control 2 with 505 Games. This was previously known as Codename Heron. That's exciting. 505 Games is known for um, what? Brothers, Tale of Two Sons, Terraria, uh, Dead by Daylight, Control. Yeah, I don't I mean, really they, know what this means for us as gamers who like Remedy stuff. Um, but I suppose more money going into Control 2 is not ever a bad thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I don't really know right now what this means to me. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be a big deal or like, like that it's anything to be uh, concerned with, you know, concerned about necessarily. All right, cool. Uh, Bethesda has responded to Mick Gordon's statement. We were 
talked about that last week. The Mick Gordon published a uh, straight up dissertation on how he'd been fucked by uh, Marty Stratton's posts on Reddit. Um, Bethesda is pretty much just coming totally down on Marty's side. Um, describes uh, Mick's posts as a distortion of truth and select presentation of incomplete quote unquote facts. Um, basically the tone, the tenor of their message is he's lying and come sue us. Comes to us. Come sue us. What? Oh, come sue us. (laughs) As in fuck around and find out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, you know, the prepared to disclose documented evidence in the appropriate venue definitely reads like that like they're daring them take us away naturally they say this two years after marty stratton wounded mick gordon's career with that reddit post which bethesda was fine with leaving up for two years and only now that mick came out with his own evidence likely in an attempt to restore his reputation and livelihood do they go no that's not true yeah. Yeah, I say burn them all. My takeaway from these events is, of course, like always, anyone could be lying at any time. <laughs> but. Uh, well, yeah, look at, um, sorry to interrupt, but, yeah. uh, look, look at the, uh, the Bayonetta thing mm-hmm. with uh, her, where she was like, oh, well, I, I gotta remember the money, but she was saying, like, oh, they didn't pay me that much. And then it was like, yeah, it was like this for a session. Oh, shit. I forgot the numbers. Damn. But it was a lot, it was a decent amount. Yeah. She misrepresented the amount that they said they were going to pay her. Yes. Well, by like a pretty yeah, decent first amount. First everyone was on her side, then, then they weren't. Yeah. You always uh, so yeah, there's always a possibility that that's reasons. happening. Um, but he seems to have, I don't know, papers to back it up and The stuff. receipts. That's yeah, the I point I was trying to make is papers, that. Papers, please. <laughs> it's all in for it, ever. But like, yeah, an internet post is not a court analysis. So stop jumping to conclusions, everybody. In this case, it seems most likely that that Mick Gordon was fucked over. Um, this this shouldn't have been like a career damaging sequence of events for him. Um, just at all. Also, nobody should be getting harassed. But of course, that that Absolutely. always happens, or people say that always happens. You know. Um, it's funny. I went back and listened to what we had to say about. Uh, Stratton's Reddit post back in episode 15 of this very podcast. Um, since at the time it seemed like Stratton was trying to protect the lead audio designer, uh, Chad Mossholder, from Mick. Like Mick was making some remarks that could be interpreted as disparaging towards Chad Mossholder about the OST, like the mixing. Uh, we were positive towards Mick as an artist. Uh, but we were like, oh, I guess he acted poorly in this case, maybe due to ego. Um, but we also said, wait until the court case, look at the facts, take it all with a grain of salt, which over the last 100 episodes, if I've learned anything (laughs) as a sub amateur reporter, uh, it's that the salt should be taken. The salt should be a boulder. You should take that with you. Should weigh you down and give you pause. Yeah, all these sorts of things, for sure. Um, yeah, you know there is 
you, you have an internal battle in your head, right? Because it's like if Mick had so much evidence, why wouldn't he just sue them? But of course, big corporation versus small guy, he he'd lose on lawyer costs alone. You know, mm-hmm. uh, one of those things we I don't feel like we're ever going to fully know this the answer, but like it's very tempting to go somewhere like maybe they're both right. Like maybe Mick wasn't super easy to work with, or he had weird expectations and. Maybe even Bethesda agreed to those knowing they were weird, but it kind of came to a head at some point, you know. Yeah, those could still be, yeah. Uh, but, but from the, the factual evidence, yeah, it, it seems like Bethesda's probably in the wrong here. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, you, you, well. you get down to, like, whatever happened at work, we're never going to fully know, but, like, he was either paid or he wasn't, right? Like, either he got receipts yeah. or he didn't. Um, so what's that all about? That's what I would want. If Bethesda cared, I mean, they have no reason to, like, give that information, but that's what I would want to know. Hmm. I wonder what Nick's gonna do now. I guess he could always just try to use, use the, you know, the, the attempted restoration and possible actual restoration of his reputation with this stuff now as a way to sort of like just move on from this and not get embroiled in anything could happen that way. Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. The legacy of Kane, uh, developers, crystal dynamics says it hears fans loud and clear after 100,000 plus survey response. Uh, this was a survey that Crystal Dynamics had launched, specifically asking if players uh, would want to hear more or would want to play more Legacy of Kane. Um, it seems like they, their response was favorable. Now, of course, you know, who knows what that means? Uh, Capcom, I think, has done this before for Resident Evil games, right? I... Even without remembering yes. specifically what you're referring to, I would say yes, probably <laughs> very yeah. much so. They've actually done so. They've done it with Resident Evil games, and they've also done like a general survey with like what games they are like people right. are interested in. Dragon's Dogma and Resident Evil Outbreak were clearly uh, not on that list. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cool. I you know uh, recently played through the. First Legacy of Kane game, and I know Flash did you know, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of also ran into the same problem when I tried to do later ones, and they were just kind of too janky. Yeah. Continue. Uh, but a new one would be cool. The last, the last game was Defiance in 2005, I want to say. That's a long time ago now, you know? So now that they have, uh, I mean... <laughs> little we don't know much of anything about how these businesses operate but it seems like the the air was sort of cleared after they were acquired by embracer and now maybe they actually have the ability to pursue this franchise again this property um and after that's the fact that they actually put out this survey and and got such a overwhelming response is uh really exciting actually that that we could see more. I th- I think this is a great property to make more games in. I even without having uh, played much of them, I always thought it was super cool. Just the whole atmosphere of it. 
Yeah, so yeah I agree. I'm, I'm all they, in. They uh, deliver on this. Because they do hear us. Their ears are functional. Right. I mean, it's better than no response. And I, you know, yes. seeing a modern day legacy cane would be kind of fun. Agreed. I kind of already alluded to this one, but Yuji Naka, the famed developer of the total flop Fallon Wonderworld. Or was it Wonderland? I think I think it's Wonderland. It was Wonderworld. Okay. Wonderland. Okay, Wonderworld. No, no, no. Wonder, Wonderland is be... the one that makes more sense, but it's actually Wonderworld. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Oh, what the hell? God, what a what a man. Well, yeah, there's not much to the story. He just bought a bunch of stock before they announced the new Dragon Quest game. Yeah, it's only gonna yep. getting publicity because of this guy's, you know, uh very public plea for one more chance from Square that w- would become <laughs> a game that was famously like, who the fuck made this and why on launch? Yeah. Uh, to, right. to, to be clear for people who literally, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but for people who literally know nothing, he was the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog and therefore had a lot of clout going forward in his career and like he made some other stuff that was basically his career has been on a downward trajectory since Sonic and the latest was Balan Wonderworld which was just awful and now he's been arrested for suspicion of insider trading so it's like Jesus Christ dude for a Dragon Quest yeah, mobile game oh uh. Not great. Not great. Take us home. Yep. And other not great news. Risk of Rain has joined the Gearbox family. Well, now they published the other ones, right? Did they? I can't. I, I thought you might be did. right. I you, you sounds like you know maybe a little bit more about this than I do. But really, that's it. I just heard about this today. So we just had that announcement. Um. I don't know what to say about that other than I'm not a... They did, they did publish the at least the second okay. one. Generally, I'm not a big fan of Gearbox as a company. Uh, and I am a huge fan of Risk of Rain 2. So I guess that's my thoughts on this. Summed up in just a few words. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes... Like, yeah, I mean... Tough to say. You know, sometimes publishers have big hands in their, you know, making of games. So maybe if they do a Risk of Rain 3... It, It'll be on the same track. I um, I always try to look at the most possible positive possible side of it where I'm really glad in a way that this indie dev I like has found a way to get more money to do more cool things. Um, right. I just hope that becoming a part of this thing doesn't change their culture enough to make that not a thing they can do anymore. Well, I don't think they bought the developer because I guess it's made by... Oppo games? Hopo games? I don't know if they own them or not, but I think they just bought like the IP to Risk of Rain, right? Or am I wrong? Is, is that more or less concerning if that's the case to you guys? Yeah, I don't know. Here's the way I see it, or this is just my guess, right? You get a Risk of Rain 3, it'll be higher quality in terms of probably like bigger and more and look nicer, but... I guarantee it'll have some sort of crazy microtransaction or or li- it'll be a live service game instead of instead of what it is now, just like a roguelite. Ugh. 
that, that is my prediction, and uh, we'll see. Probably in the next, uh, I don't know, year we'll hear about it, and it'll come out in like two years. So these are all my guesses in now. Yeah, Gearbox has done nothing to make me think that they are good hands to hold anything. <laughs> you know, the latest thing was the the Tales from the Borderlands. I don't even want to say sequel, just another one. In, I didn't under go over that well, banner, right? That did not go over well. I didn't play it. The original I did go over very well. Yes. Or at least I heard good things about it. It was a highlight yeah, of the this, Telltale this games. Last one has Yeah, so that's that's like the literally the latest thing that they got their mitts on and we kind of saw what became of that. Yeah. Um so Hey, we'll see, man. Who knows, but uh, regardless of what happens, Risk of Rain 2 is a great game. I never played the DLC, um, and I haven't played it in some time. There's been a lot of updates. Uh, John, Greg, if you guys ever wanted to pop back into that, I'd probably be down. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge backlog right now, but... Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, for sure. That's, I, can, I, can, I can put it on the list. That's always been my thought on the game, right? Like, I love this game, but there's just always a bigger back, backlog than this game. How many players yeah, is this I mean, again? they've added a bunch of new classes. They got, like, DLC and Say stuff. Say again, Floss. How much is it? Uh, how many players is it again? It is four players at most. Four? And it is currently, because of the promotion, uh, I assume around the sale. Oh, no, they're the Steam Autumn sale. It's twelve fifty for the base $12. game. $12. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, that's a podcast. That's the news. That's all we got this week. Um... What a podcast, though. Oh, we got there's, there's just something always about a Vitaless podcast that feels cohesive. And <laughs> I was full just about to say, brief. every Vitaless podcast, concise. He's not going to listen to this. Smooth. Bit. Like uh, butter. So, listeners, look, send me messages on Twitter. I'll maybe I'll post a poll. We can get some votes in. Uh, maybe Vito should stay in Italy. No. Agreed. I like being in the podcast. Yeah, so subscribe to my Twitter at Broken Campfire uh, to maybe see that soon. But hey, thanks for joining us. Play some games this week, everybody. I know everybody's all excited about Thanksgiving and enjoying spending time with family. But hey, if you're like me, you probably got a little bit of time off work. You know, that doesn't happen very often. That's a gift. You know, sometimes stuff at work isn't going well, and sometimes it is. Regardless, why don't you play some Pentiment? Check out that Xbox Game Pass, maybe. Or, you still got time to jump into the... Play World of Warcraft. All right. The pre-patch. Yeah, don't do that, but maybe... Sp- Dragonfly. Maybe jump into the pre-launch beta for the uh, Dark Tide. Check out don't the cycle. Pop some heads. It's kind of disappointing. Play the performance lottery. With that, I leave it to John, the funniest man on the Discord, to uh, send... Y- all y'all off. I will pass it off to Vito because he sounds more funny than anything I could say right now. Hey guys, I got I got genu- <laughs> genuinely good interjections on the podcast quite frequently. You you guys gotta admit that I, I got some good stuff to say sometimes, and I I have emotional input and practical factual input. You I can imagine Vito Vito saying all of that exactly. We did. Uh, he did? I just did. You know, I'm happy you're here, as always. Thank you. Good night, I everybody. love you, Greg.
I don't love you, Vito. I'm not saying that. Don't say that on this podcast again, Vito. Sorry. 